you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. Com. Hey, we're coming here with the Green Group Podcast. We certainly appreciate you tuning in. Have I ever told you that before? We just love you guys. We love you, and, but uh, it's not like a family love. We love you, but we don't judge you. You can be who you are with us. We still care. We still love you. As long as you're a good person, I don't know. Be a good people. Anyway, guys, go to goodreads.com for chess Chris Foss. Hit the bell notification. There's no bell notification on Goodreads. Go to goodreads.com. You can see everything you're reading or viewing over there. And if you can find a bell notification, let me know because there isn't one. But the bell notification is on the YouTube, youtube.com for slash Chris Foss. You can go there and hit that bell notification over and over all you want. Actually, just hit it once or whatever you do, make sure it's turned on. Now you get all the notifications of everything we do and you get those dings. Lots of really cool gifts that we'll be talking about, different reviews of product. We got some new JBL stuff that was in and a bunch of phones that we've got to post. Gift giving guides for the big Christmas that's coming here. You may have heard of it. it happens every year about this time. And the kids like those gifts. So we'll be talking about a gentleman today. It was an amazing children's book too. On top of that, go to all our groups, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. We can find us everywhere. We're just not on Snapchat for the most obvious of reasons, but TikTok, all those places the cool kids are at, we try and keep up with them. Anyway, guys, we have an amazing author on the show with us today. He is the author of the book, Mall of the Thirst Gamal, A Christmas Tale. Well, look at that. We're already in Christmas Tale stuff. Robert A. Shore is on the show with us today. He just put out this book, July 6, 2021. And it's uh, great for children. So this is something you can, it might make a good stocking gift if you can fit in the stocking or order that up for a gift for the kids and they can enjoy it. Uh, Robert is uh, the author of this new book and it offers a delightful and traditional Christmas tale story. Uh, Let's call it a Christmas story from the perspective of its westward journey and, uh, let me pull this down here. Westward Journey plus themes of shunning, self-image, and personal empowerment. He spent 17 years in the Republic of China, Taiwan. He is fluent in Mandarin. That's pretty good. That's hard to do. Proficient in Hakka. And he's one of the few Westerners to earn a master's degree in Chinese literature from the highest prestigious national Taiwan university, where all his coursework, exams, materials, and thesis work were done in Chinese. Holy crap. Welcome to the show, Robert. How are you? Uh, it's really good to be with you, Chris. Thanks a lot. It's a great privilege for me to be on your show. Thanks for coming. I Wow. Mandarin. I've heard Mandarin's really hard to well, learn. Well, I, I really should qualify that. I spent, I came back from the States in 1994, fluent in Mandarin, but getting rusty now. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't put me to the test. I think the way that our nation's going, we're about to, we'll probably be overtaken by the Chinese. They oh, have boy. Navy, so I'll, I'll be ready for translation. At least then. you're ready for our overlords. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, give us your plugs so people can find you. Oh, on I'm really grateful to be on your show, Chris. I, I listened to yesterday's podcast and that was a fact fabulous show. I, I'm a little nervous about doing this one because uh, it's going to be a hard one to follow up on that. But uh, Woody Holton's study of the American Revolution and the 
uh, Liberty is sweet. That's mm-hmm. a great, great show. So uh, thanks for letting Thank me you. be on this one. Thank you. Yeah, my book, um, I'm real excited about it. It's a Christmas book. So it's a sweet story. It's got a beautiful sense of rhyme and rhythm to it. It's got beautiful pictures to it. Watercolor paintings. Uh, here's one of the pages, page 24 and 25. Beautiful. Uh, Who'd you have do the watercolor picture? Yes, that was Christina Kuntz, wonderful illustrator. And she did a fabulous job with that. Actually, we worked together on it during the COVID times and got, got a lot of free time to work on it then, finally. So nice. I'm pretty busy until then. But it's a delightful story, yes, taken from the um, perspective of going westward from the east. The Christmas story in the in the Bible, for example, is just uh, takes place in Bethlehem and everybody arrives at the scene, but not much consideration for what was the journey like going westward, following a star and, you know, following a light and that kind of thing. It's been fun to, to include that in the story. But it's, oh, a, wow. it's a children's story. It's a it's a little trinket for kids is what it is. Uh, I hope they hope they find it delightful. There you go. Nice Christmas stories. That's what we're always looking for and stuff. Did you give us our, your dot coms where people can maybe find you or get to know you better on oh, the internet? Yeah, you can find me. I'm on Facebook, uh, Amal the Thirsty Gamal. That's a G-A-M-A-L. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's just the Middle Eastern word for camel. Mm. But so Facebook, uh, you can find me by just look, searching that Amal the Thirsty Gamal and also Instagram, same thing. Oh, wow. If you want to look for me on Twitter, which is not a real big account for me, but you can just do Amal the Gamal, leave the thirsty out. That's, uh-huh. yeah. And I have a webpage called The Morning. It's just www.themorningfrigate.com. Mm. It's a literary webpage, and I, I write things on there, translate Chinese poems and that kind of thing, and uh, discuss literary topics. And that's, uh, there is no frigate like a book. As Emily Dickinson said, so uh, playing on that beautiful poem she wrote. Oh, yeah. Reach me on that. The the book is available on Amazon Mm -hmm. and also through the publisher, Mascot Press. You can get it at Barnes & Nobles. Out here in Southern California, where I am, there are are over uh, quite a few dozen Barnes & Noble stores, but you may have to call your store and order it if it's uh, not out here in the West Coast. But also available through any independent bookstore. I've got students over in Taiwan that got my book through the Bokalai bookstore. Just they had a few copies on hand, and now they're just ordering it now. But uh, that's the way bookstores do it these days. They don't get a big inventory unless you're famous. Yeah, it's interesting how how the whole thing's working, especially with the what do they call them, the distribution channels. Like mm-hmm. uh, every time I order a bunch of my books to sign, it takes like two or three weeks to get them. I'm like, uh-huh. wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So what made you want to write this book? What motivated you? Let's see. I've got a little spiel I usually tell the kids in answer to that question. you mind if I share that with you? Well, yeah. Spiel uh, away. I I tell kids, I I tell them that just sheer compassion, Chris, is what motivated me to write the book. And that's because I'm actually convinced that my my little character, Amal, the thirsty Gamal, is the saddest most downtrodden, rejected, oh. belittled creature in the entire animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that sounds a little bit overblown, perhaps, but uh, bear with me a few minutes and think this through with me, and I think you're going to agree. First of all, we have camels at large. Uh, they themselves are terribly lowly and humble things as far as the animal kingdom is concerned. Yeah, I'm talking about the entire species. Mm-hmm. Are they not belittled by all the others? Think about it. 
a hump. Lions have manes and tigers have a roar and eagles have wings and elephants have hoses and kangaroos have pouches and turtles have houses and even the firefly has a charming lantern that lights his way in the dark of night. But let a camel walk by and every animal in the kingdom is about, is bound to shake his head and go like, dude, what's, what is that? Well, it's a hump. Okay, what's it for? What's the point of it? He doesn't know. Does mm -hmm. it have a purpose? He doesn't know. He can't explain it. It was there when he got here. And so whenever the rest of the animals come by, that hump is a source of embarrassment for every single camel, not just mm -hmm. my little camel. And that's why they have such stern, anxious-looking faces. I suppose you've noticed that. But hold on, we're not quite done yet. In the midst of this sad humble, belittled group, very much like another breed of creatures I know, there is belittling and shaming going on, are you ready for this? Uh, mm -hmm. Among themselves, against oh. each other. Yes, you see, right there in the camel family, we have Bactrians with two humps, and do they ever sneer at the camels with one? Dromedaries, mm -hmm. those are called. And they walk around with their heads hanging down, ashamed to admit that they're missing up. But at least they have one. That's something anyway. And if they could just find someone worse than themselves, more flawed perhaps, someone else that they could look down upon, someone a little lower on the ladder, someone they could make fun of themselves, wouldn't that be quite a relief? And so, behold, enter Amal, our sad little Gamal, who hardly has any hump at all, which means he was thirsty most of the time. And out in the desert, that's not a good sign. Maul is made fun of by the dromedaries, who have all been belittled by the Bactrians, who in turn have been teased by the lions and the eagles and the other privileged elite ones in the animal kingdom. So let me ask you, does it get any lower than Amal the Gamal? I rest my case. We can safely assume Amal the Gamal is the saddest, loneliest, most pitiful creature in the entire animal kingdom. Oh, that's a spiel I give my kids when I yeah. get asked that. I was in seminary learning my Hebrew with Dr. Curtis and tuning him out after I learned that the word for camel was Gamal. And I thought, well, that'd be a cool story to put together. I'll tell the story about Amal, a Gamal. And of course, what, he'd have to have a problem of some kind. And so thirsty was it. Yeah, at least they they got their own line of cigarettes. They got that going for them. So that, <laughs> sorry, I had to put that that's joke a good point. Yeah, you couldn't leave that out. But they, no, you know, at least they got good sponsorships. I don't know. Maybe that's why they are depressed. They're smoking. They need to quit. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's always bad for you. Don't do that, kids. Yeah, so, I can't do that. Yeah, thankfully we just have parents that watch the show. Otherwise, YouTube's going to have it out with me on that one. So let's get into some of the details of the show, or details of the book, I should say. What are some of your readers, the little readers, going to learn from the book? What do you think there's going to be some, there's lessons to learn here, evidently. Yeah, there's going to be different levels of that. Little readers are going to learn to enjoy rhyme and rhythm. And mm. the rhyming and rhythm of the book is a lot of fun. They're going to enjoy watercolors, too. Mm -hmm. the, the pictures are just beautiful. Christina Kunz did a marvelous job describing the scene and describing, she's got a picture of my camel on his knees praying. If, however you can do that, it's, 
good luck trying to draw a camel on a sneeze praying, but she did it. She pulled it off and they're going to, they're just going to enjoy the visual effects and, and the audio effects of it too. The, the rhyme and, ry- and rhythm. It's not a regular rhyme. It's, I don't like regular rhyme. I don't like constant predictable sing song rhyme, but, but the rhyme is the rhyming and rhythm is really fun. And this thing's fun to read. I love reading it. And I'm doing a reading tomorrow night in the Barnes and near here. Oh, nice. And it's just going to be a lot of fun to read that thing. I've got it memorized actually. Um, there you go. Uh, others, uh, uh, but other things, uh, it gets deeper, and that's what I like about the book. I've enjoyed doing it. Is it? It's not just a children's tale, just a, a shallow thing, and the even the rhymes are not shallow. It's not quite like uh, like Green Eggs and Ham, where the rhyme is just fun, but it's it's captivating. I think. Oh wow! And everyone who reads it says the same thing about it. But the other things that kids are going to take away from the book is uh, they're going to learn. And not to judge others by their appearances, and definitely not to judge a person by his defects, because my camel has a defect. Mm. Uh, they're going to learn not to listen to the voices of prejudice uh, or rejection or exclusion, not to tolerate that in their life, but rather listen to the voice of wisdom. There are wise men on this caravan journey that is going from the east to the west. They're on their way to a a destination far to the west, and there are wise men going with them. And at one point in the story, a real piece of wisdom sort of delivers my poor outcast camel. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to learn that there are beautiful mysteries to the Christmas story. And mm-hmm. I don't really go into detail about it, but I hint at it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's neat because I think later on, in their lives, when they get a little bit older and look back at the book again, they're gonna, they're gonna, it's gonna dawn on them. This thing's deep. Oh, yeah. There are things alluded to in the story that are rather profound, and mm-hmm. uh, I can explain some of those if you want. Yeah, let's do. Um, and they're gonna, they're gonna also learn. I think probably the most important thing they're going to learn is that they're they themselves, my readers, my little readers are. They themselves are, are beautifully made and specially made and, and and made for a meaningful purpose in life. I hope they get that message. And there's also a little science lesson about camels and humps. So I won't want to spoil the story by explaining all that, but there's there's faulty science running through the whole book. That's one of the mall's problems. It takes a wise man to correct that and it becomes a complete revelation in his life. And so a lot of That's fun. pretty interesting. Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff that kids can learn. Uh, it's, a, it's a great book that not only the kids can read themselves or they, they can have a parent read to them, uh, yeah. you know, and, and all that stuff and interact with them. Yeah, I'm, real, I'm a real advocate of reading aloud to your kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, perfectly fine to read it on your own, too. But but kids are amazing. They they it's, I'm quite amazed at how uh, children pick up the vocabulary and the the language of their parents just by sitting around the dinner table mm-hmm. was teaching them idioms at all, but they're picking up idioms. One, one day I was uh, walking with my granddaughter back from the beach and uh, she was, uh, I think she was three years old and she, she prefaced one of her sentences with frankly, grandpa. And she went on to launch about something and I cut her off and said, Evie, do you know what frankly means? <laughs> no, no. What does it mean? She used it perfectly. She knew exactly how to use it. And my book has idioms in it like that too. And I, I just leave them in there because the kids are going to, they're going to know how to use them and, and how to, how to 
put them into the right context and uh, get a lot of, of meaning out of the book because of it. So. I would agree with you. Reading is so important and it develops the mind. Every great author I know and people that write well, there are, there are big readers. There's something yeah. that, you know, oh, it just yeah. teaches your brain to, to, to do the stuff. It's quite amazing and everything that goes into it. Now, let's see. What are some other things? You've got an underdog theme in there and an outcast theme. There's lots of books that children's books have different themes. What makes yours very different? Yeah. My camel has a very negligible hump. And mm. he's been told all his life, then it means you're not carrying much water. And so uh, he's told he'll never survive in the desert. He'll never make it on a caravan journey. He'll never mm. be able to uh, pull his love. He's going to be always inferior. He's, they call him flat top. They call him uh, flat as a table, things like that. But And that's, yeah, he's an underdog. He's like oh, an outcast at the beginning. So right. Quite apropos to your themes, Chris, uh, for your show and your books of leadership is the fact that in the story, my story, the outcast actually does become the leader in the end. And that's a fun little twist to it. Yeah, I, I would say some of the things I just listed that the kids would learn making the book different, uh, but especially those beautiful mysteries of Christmas. Let me just give you an example. During one of the one of the nights on the journey westward, as the caravan and the, the the wise men and the merchants are lounging at rest, an exotic old traveler comes in from the west and says, "A king has been born in a manger of hay. It's a strange way to come, if you ask my opinion, with no palace or splendor or signs of dominion. But that's what they say: a manger of hay." And one of the wise men goes, "Said the wise men." Wouldn't this journey get stranger the further we go? Yeah, it, it is strange. It's a strange story. Christmas stories, he's born in a cattle stall. Jesus was born in a cattle stall and laid in a hay rick. A manger is just a box of hay. That's all it is. Oh, wow. But there's a mystery to that. And the book of Isaiah actually mentions mentions that manger in there and, and, and in reference to, to the fact that man doesn't sometimes doesn't even rise to the level of the beasts of the field who who know where their manger comes from and know know, know who their creator is and things like that another reference is the the gifts of the wise men one merchant speaks up and says aren't your gifts strange if you don't mind my saying do you really consider them fit for a king oh the gold of course is perfectly fine but incense and myrrh i can only presume are bound to wind up in some temple or tomb. What precisely did you have in mind? Those are mysterious. Myrrh is a very interesting substance, and it, myrrh becomes a, an issue in the story. Mm -hmm. uh, but the word myrrh comes from the Hebrew, which means bitter. And it, mm. it, it is a bitter perfume. It's, a, it's an intense, astringent perfume. It's actually a medicinal substance, but the most intriguing thing about it is always used for embalming. It has something to do with the tomb. And of course, the tomb and the, the Messiah are tied together in the scriptures. There's hints in the book about these these mysterious things that who gives a who gives embalming fluids to a baby out of as a gift, right? So, That's creepy. I never really even knew that. That's, yeah, I learned a lot just, just now. Yeah, the word marah marah is a Hebrew word for bitterness, and uh, and wow. uh, and uh, mur is the word for uh, mm. myrrh. Yeah, so I think I, I think that was the name of one of my ex-wives. 
But there, there are things uh, kind of prophetic going on in the story, but mm-hmm. I, I don't really get into it much. I just touch upon it and toss it out there and let them mull it over. That's pretty darn cool. That's pretty darn cool, very much. So let's see, what else What else do we want to touch on about your book that you think will really entice people to want to go get? I just think it's a beautifully beautiful book. I think it's going to be a Christmas classic. Every child who's read it so far wants to hug this little camel and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, befriend him and, and, and protect him and defend him. He's very vulnerable. He's very afraid as he sets off on the journey and uh, ends up becoming wonderfully, gloriously delivered in the end. So it's quite well, a think- little triumph. I think there's a lot of, sometimes as a child, you feel that way because number one, everyone's taller and bigger than you. So you feel, and you're like, these people scare me, which, you know, describes my childhood clearly. The, but you know, you feel downtrodden. You're trying to find your place in the world. You're trying to find your footing. Who am I and why am I here and what, what the hell's going on? If you're experiencing the program of life for the first time, you're just like, this is a bit daunting. <laughs> yeah. There's an element going on in, in the book that, all kids face they're so preoccupied with their appearance and it's a it's a big issue with with kids these days that they get teased about their appearance they get teased about their bodies and and it's and every parent and every adult wants to take their little ones and sit them down and say listen don't listen to this don't listen to these wrong voices they're the kids you hear at school or the snide things you hear at your upperclassmen at school, just you're beautifully made. You're, you're, you're specially created and you have a purpose too. And there's just, we long to impart to them a good positive message about who they are. And all the world just seems to be shouting condemnation and criticism at them so often. That's really sad. So I'm, I'm glad the book gets to address that issue a little bit. That's pretty good. It's interesting. A lot of the books that you read as a child really shape you. Like I can mm-hmm. still remember a lot of the books that shape me or I don't know if they shape me, but uh, they gave me comfort where the wild mm-hmm. things are. Oh, that's uh, a great book. Yeah. Dr. Seuss books were cool. What are some of the, the rabbits of Nim or something? There was a, the Tolkien books, of course, were popular, but uh, something of Nim. I don't remember what it was, but it was basically a rabbit community that was interesting. Watership Down, I think, was another rabbit book. What the hell was with the rabbits in me growing up? I, we actually <laughs> bred and had rabbits. That was the thing to do. So I don't know. Maybe that's why I was into rabbits, but they were popular books that we had there. Yeah. But yeah, the those, those are the books you like I, I i can read i've probably read a billion books in my life but yeah those are the books i remember yeah so yeah. very important to us they, yeah they definitely have an impact on you they shape you they give you yeah uh, something to experience life with a bit of a security two blankets sometimes you go to your books uh and stuff i remember growing up and i would get lost in books and writing and stuff and uh, stories are such an important thing for kids to learn anything more you want to plug on your book or talk about i just want to encourage everybody there is yeah there's a plush toy that goes with it uh, oh really also, also available on amazon and it's a really cute plush toy we had a really good time uh getting that ordered and brought into the equation. Cool. It's a real cute little, I should have sent you a picture of that. I have a picture um, of it before me. Yeah, that's really cute. Yeah, the, he's, uh, a, he's got a canteen. Oh, he wears a canteen. There's a okay. point in the story where maybe I'll read that to you. Sure. That little portion about his, about the canteen. And he's just, he looks real beleaguered. Hasn't oh. quite been delivered yet. So that's a lot of fun. And my grandson hugs the, hugs the plush toy every night when he goes to bed and <laughs> wants to have the story read to him. Oh. Time, so. I feel ripped off. I didn't get a plush toy with where the wild things are. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll send you one, Chris. Okay. I'll send okay. you one. Right. Well, 
I think yeah. that's really cool. I wasn't, I'd seen it here on Amazon and it said mm-hmm. frequently bought together. And so it presented that to me and I just made the assumption that was some sort of, you know, algorithm from Amazon, just like they found a camel. And like, well, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice of them to do it. So. Yeah, I'm like, so now I know what the camel is. But yeah, it's a cute yeah. camel. It's a little sad. Yeah, I actually wanted to bundle the two. Uh-huh. This publishing, self-publish, this publishing business is not is not easy to do. Oh yeah, it's pretty and crazy. I, you know, it's a I'm, I'm a hybrid publisher, so it's a, I I have to do some of the work myself, and uh, that's been that's been a, a really neat experience for me. But I tried to get the the two bundled together on Amazon, and that that took quite a bit of work. But it's there now, and if you go to Amazon, you can just type in the whole title of the book and put plush toy or plushy after it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I've got bit.ly codes too and things like that. If you go on my website, I'll, I'll give you a bit.ly link and you can you can uh, just get right into Amazon and get it. Or, or, from, or you can get the plush toy from the uh, publisher too, Mascot Books. And it even says here on Amazon, if you order now, you can arise before Christmas. So yes, it will. Important. You yeah. want to order stuff now because they're having lots of distribution problems. In fact, a bunch of stuff I ordered from Amazon because of Amazon's, I think they went down on, what was it, Monday? I did hear um, that. Yeah, everything I ordered is like coming a day late. They're like, sorry, we had a yeah. mess. And so, yeah, there's going to be lots of complications. So you definitely want to order this. I like this. I, have a, I, I can see all these young kids sitting around, a, a parent squeezing the little plushy toy. That gives it a whole three-dimensional sort of context and aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It really does. It's very sweet. Yeah. So Maybe I'll just get one just, just to, <laughs> for when I get scared at yeah, night keep, when the lights keep go keep off. It, keep it next to your mic. Yeah, I'll pull one next to the mic. I think you might have to buy a sponsorship for that. But, yeah, we'll keep one on the show maybe somewhere. And, and oh, that'd be good. The, the only problem is i got two Huskies, and they might decide oh, they uh, like it better, and that probably wouldn't be a good thing. I do stuff. love Huskies. I, I love Huskies, but I can never give them a stuffed toy because uh-huh. – I don't know what it is. They'll play with it for a day or two, and they're like, "I'm like, oh, they think it's cute." And then I'll come, and it's it's been gutted of all the cotton. <laughs> That's what huskies are supposed to do. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, you just killed your favorite toy, you moron. It's horrible. Yeah, horrible they're just animals. being themselves. Yeah, so yeah. we don't give them plush toys anymore. Anything more you want to touch on before you go out? I think we're good on that. Cool. I think it's pretty, cool. much, pretty much, it's just a children's book, but it's so order out the book. It's delightful. Order up the the plush toy that comes with it, and that way when you hand a kid a book, especially when I was growing up as a kid, you're like, oh, great, thanks, Grandma, book. Now, this is a great interaction for parents, and then you can give them a plush toy, and then it's a whole big thing. It's a whole big package. It's not just the thing. And they'll probably, you know how kids are, they always want you to read everything over and over again. That's how they master yeah. things. Uh, it's so. it's going to be a it's going to be a Christmas tradition for a lot of people. There you go, guys. Order convinced. the book. So it was wonderful to have you on, Robert. Give us your plugs one more time where people can find you on the interwebs. Okay. The book is Amal, the Thirsty Gamal, and it's mm-hmm. uh, G-A-M-A-L. Uh, it's the substitute word for camel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's available on Amazon. If, if you type in the search window, just type that whole uh, name in there, Amal, the Thirsty Gamal. You'll find mm-hmm. it that way. I don't know if they have a simpler connection yet or not. But it's also available on Barnes and Noble on their online show ordering, or you can get it in the stores now. Uh, independent stores everywhere will have it. It's through Ingram Books, and Ingram distributes them. So that's almost all the independent bookstores in America, yeah, uh, being getting their books for, through Ingram, and Ingram's distributing my book too. So that's awesome. Hope uh, hope you enjoy it. There you go, guys. Thanks for being on the show, Robert. We certainly thank you for letting me be here. 
Wonderful. Thanks for coming. And uh, let's see, order this baby up, guys. What a great thing. It's not just a book. It's a, there's a plush toy, and uh, you can set a new Christmas tradition. Read your kids. Give them stuff to read. We need a smarter generation. It really expands their mind and, and gives them tales of life, great stories, or, or the real fabric of life. Uh, Amal the Thirsty Gamal. A Christmas Tale. You can order that up wherever fine books are sold. Go to goodreads.com for just Chris Voss. You can see everything we're reading and reviewing. Also go to uh, youtube.com for just Chris Voss. See the video version of this. Also go to all of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and all those great places out there. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and we'll see you guys next time.